Welcome to the test episode of Press B to Cancel. We are going to be looking at Rygar and its history because if you don't know it, it's got more to it than the NES title that most of us know and love. All right, so let's let's go around and meet everybody. Uh, I am Werewolf or Jimmy. Uh, you can find me uh, just about any social network as Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. And then we've got Sick Jake. Well, today I'm quite healthy, but thank you. Uh, glad to be here. You can find me on Twitch or on Twitter at Sick Jake. I'm Pulse109. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Pulse109. I stream every now and then. And I am Guy Prime from the Retro Therapy on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. You got Twitter? You will often hear us refer to him as GP. Okay, so most of us grew up playing probably the NES Rygar if we ever had any experience with it. We played it as children. Um, some of us found it as adults looking into retro games and, you know, because it is one of those somewhat beloved titles that was... It always seemed accessible, but just out of reach as a kid. And that is to say it was completely playable, but hard as balls <laughs> for for me at seven years old. But it was still always something I wanted to go back and play over and over and over and try to figure it out. And unfortunately, I think I was doomed to never succeed as a child because I never had the manual. Oh, you're already at the disadvantage. <laughs> It was always borrowed or rented from people who didn't have the manual. It was a secondhand game. So I was it it there are control schemes that you wouldn't otherwise know back in the eighties unless you had a printed copy or someone to tell you, hey, this is how you do this. And generally that didn't happen with me for this game. How about uh how about you, Pulse? I remember playing it as a kid, definitely. Um for some reason, I confuse Rygar with Karnov, and those are two completely different games. Um, why? I'll never understand, but anyways. Uh, no, I played Rygar a lot as a kid, and like you, I never finished it. I didn't have a hope on finishing it. I had the manual, but definitely didn't have the skills or the, um, let's say, patience. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we tried... My brothers and I also like played it, but we never did beat it. Now, how about you, GP? Actually, I this is one of the games that I feel I had seen the poster of, like or um, like the the big version of the cover, you know, in the magazines. I had seen it throughout my lifetime because there's that very identifiable, like gargoyle-looking bad guy that you know, Rygar is like bounding over on the cover. But I never played it until this year, in fact. Earlier in 2019, uh, we're doing blind runs of video games, and it got recommended. And I owned it and gave it a shot. Loved it. So I beat it, but it took me, I think, four four streams to really get into it. It's pro probably about nine to ten hours. And how about you, Jake? I mean, so funny enough, with this game, I also confused it with another game, uh, Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum which I find hilarious that we have two people who've mistaken it for something else. <laughs> but uh, I do remember playing it back in the day. Uh, this was a rental. I used to rent a large number of Nintendo games when I was a kid, 
And uh, I remember renting this one and being really disappointed. Uh, I'm trying to remember why. Probably the difficulty. It is not an easy game, like you guys mentioned. But uh, I did dig the music. I think the music was a highlight for me in this game. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that kept pulling me back to it was, at the time, the graphics were rather impressive for an NES game. And the music was... It, it, it got stuck in your head, and you wanted to hear it more. Okay, so what a lot of people don't know about this game is it's not the first iteration of Rygar. And I think I also informed you three of this. There was it's It was initially an arcade game that was just a side-scrolling, limited platformer, Beat, uh, not even beat him up, but just he Rygar swung the disc armor and beat up enemies and just kept moving to the right, jumping over the occasional pit, jumping over the occasional obstacle, picking up power-ups that I'm not even sure what they did except for the invincibility. We, we got to explain what disc armor is. It's great. Yeah, so good, good catch, good catch. The disc armor is almost like a giant yo-yo that acts sort of like a buzzsaw. Sign me up. It's got it's a shield with spikes or blades or however you want to perceive it in the particular iteration you're looking at that he throws out on a rope or a chain and it hits enemies and comes right back to him. If Cat America got medieval up in here, but with a string. See, I find it great that you mentioned that because I saw some parallels between Captain America, but without the coloring. So I was wondering if he was like Captain Russia or Captain Canada. Yeah, but if he's Canadian, it wouldn't be sharp. That's that's a safety violation. We we wouldn't have that up here. Uh good point. It is the '80s, and he is a buff warrior, so maybe he was Russian. So this arcade game. In 1986, apparently it was pretty well received. That's when it was released. It uh, it it did well enough to where it came to North America and it spawned six console ports, I think, six or seven. And a lot of those console ports were subpar compared to the original. Uh, one was spot on to the arcade release, and that was for the Sharp X68000, but that was eight years later. And then, yeah, 19, I think it was 1994 wow. when that was released. And personally, I found the Master System version to be the only one that tried to improve on the original formula. Still looked like kind of a boring game to me. Now, I've never played the arcade version of this. I played the Lynx version. I had that growing up. And from what I can tell, it was very similar but dumbed down in a few ways in silly ways that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but uh, it had a limitation of much smaller screen resolution than the original arcade game. So you had to kind of forgive it a little bit for some of the things it didn't do while it still presented it graphically just as crisp and beautiful as the arcade game. But the, the Master System version is the only one that seemed to try and up the ante and give it more platforming of various heights as well as making it to where you had to backtrack a couple of screens sometimes because you'd choose the wrong level of travel. So at that, and it was at least bright and colorful, whereas most of the other ports were not. 
Yeah, and, and kind of going back and seeing and contrasting and comparing the various ports that it got, I agree with what you say about the Master System, but it seemed like all of the other systems were kind of, okay, we got one port, and then everybody would critique it and say, well, let's take away from this, but add to this. So you still kind of had, like, the same number of, uh, like, character attributes to, you know, assign to the game, but some places were stronger than others. So, you know, where, where one port might have stronger graphics, the other port was just as bad as the arcade with the music. Um, you're, you know, like the NES really stepped up the music, but had to dial back the, uh, the graphics a little bit. So it was really interesting, the number of versions that you get uh, and kind of the mixed bag that it is. Well, one of the things I'd like to mention about the music is that arcade version, the music is just so boring. Oh, that's terrible. And the, and the song never changes. You, you get a little fanfare type of song between levels. And other than that, it's just bad. Repetitive, a short loop. It, it is as bad as 1942 for the NES. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I barely remember that game, but I remember not playing it much. Oh, you hear a clip, you'll know. But uh, one of the things I want to mention about one of the ports is the Amstrad CPC. So it's a European release only. Uh, for whatever reason, Rygar was wearing sunglasses or, or just glasses. I don't know. For some reason, looking at him reminds me of Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. Sure. <laughs> I can totally see that, actually. And I don't understand why they chose to do that. It seems like it still would have been pretty easy to incorporate the... I, I, I hesitate to call it a tiara, but it kind of looks like a tiara. It's totally a tiara. <laughs> Clearly, Werewolf, you are not well-versed in uh, European uh, sunglasses. There's an entire line of Ray, uh, Rygar Ray-Bans that I think they were trying to get to take off. They just never... Ray-Bans. Yeah, Ray-Bans. They never quite took off. <laughs> They're all the rage in the year 4.5 billion in the future. <laughs> That's where it takes place, right? Okay, so here's a funny little, little side note is... Uh, Two of our uh, hosts here managed to confuse the story taking place 4.5 billions after the world's creation with 4.5 billion years in the future. Wait, are you telling me there's a difference? <laughs> uh, I guess that depends on <laughs> on what you believe, but <laughs> when I ask Google how old Earth is, it tells me 4.53 billion years, so... I think we said that makes it take place in ancient Greece, technically. Yeah. Okay, but the enemies in this game are like flying lizards. <laughs> there's no way it's ancient Greece. No, there's headless ghouls where they have their ar their head in their arm. There's giant worms with spikes on their backs. There's just so many things. There's There's things that look like triceratops. I don't understand. There's there's just such a variation of enemies. Like the only way I can make this wrap around my head is if the sun has gone near supernova and it's ancient Greece been teleported in 4.5 billion years in the future where Earth's creatures are mutated and twisted coming out from the depths of hell. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Ancient Greece <laughs> with flying discs with blades on it and a tiara on his head? No, it doesn't make any sense. But it's But it's cool. 
it's, it's cool as shit. Well, what if it's 4.5 billion years, uh, but on Hyrule? Because think about this. The original Zelda had three-headed dragons fucking everywhere. <laughs> and you know what? Zelda's dead. And Link takes her tiara and dons it as a remembrance and goes and fights evil. But also you have to realize <laughs> that in the story, you are the legendary war warrior Rygar who rises from the grave. Yes, he's in every version, he's always risen from the dead. So he's a zombie. Long dead. Long dead. Well, maybe that would explain why he's gray in the Lynx game. He's deathly pale white in the NES version, too. I'm talking Snow White. Yeah. Well, that Wii remaster we'll talk about, I'm sure, later. He's There was a redesign, but he's totally gray and pale and gray hair. He's totally a zombie. So I, I think we can move on to the NES version because there's not a whole lot to say about the arcade version or its ports aside from almost poking fun at the ports, which is just kind of unfair at this point. Well, I mean, the, I would like to say one thing is, I mean, the Super, the Sega Master System has always been amazing with near arcade ports. I mean, obviously the 6800 or 68000 is better, but whether it was R-Type or Double Dragon or Rygar, Master System always was very faithful to the arcade. But the Nintendo version, it seems like every franchise they took from the arcade, they always kind of changed it or modified it quite a bit. Okay, so there's there's a controversial, and I say controversial lightly because I've not seen a whole lot of argument about it, but there is argument out there about why something like that would happen. Uh, there, there are rumors and such that when you licensed your game to Nintendo, if it was going to be multi-platform, they wanted their version, the one released on their platform, to be changed in some meaningful way. Well, like Nintendo always had that higher bar of quality for their games, I think, is, is a big factor as well. So that makes sense. Well, it's not just that, but they were also uh, basically bogarting the nachos. They were they were <laughs> making sure that they they had a monopoly. They eventually got sued for over an antitrust for that, but that's a that's a different episode entirely. See, I for me personally, I find it's when you play an arcade game. That is the end-all, be-all of a video game. Like, you go into an arcade, everything's better that way. You play no matter what game. It's always the better version. And I found with Rygar, it was the opposite. I found the NES version way more engaging than anything you watch on the arcade version. Oh, definitely, because it, it kept the side-scrolling platforming in action, but immediately changed it up. It... It gave you a rope right off the bat that said, okay, you're going to go up to another screen right away. There's a couple of vertical sections in the arcade game, but nothing major, nothing to write home about. And they're short and sweet. Whereas this immediately lets you know you're going to be multi-level throughout this game. You're going to be traversing mountains and forests and everything and treetops and then down into the bottom of the trees in the swamps and everything climbing towers all that stuff they they mixed it up a lot and there's backtracking they there's an overworld there's so much to this game that wasn't present in the arcade the the developers of this game must have been just so excited about the franchise it it almost seems like this game was a passion project of the time was this before metroid or after it was actually before metroid fun fact 
Uh, this is the first Metroidvania game of the NES. Yeah, interesting. Could we call it a Metroidvania before Metroid? Are we going to start calling it Rygarvania? Because I don't want to do that. <laughs> there, the, the the first game, the first Metroidvania I learned in researching this episode actually came much, much well before the NES was even around. That's a different episode as well, I think. We got we got a lot of episodes to cover apparently here. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so much. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. I mean, even though I'm kind of the uh, f- forgive my dated reference here, new kid on the block when it comes to playing this game. Um, this is definitely something that, even though <laughs> it only took us like two or three shows to cover or to beat, I did hit that part where I'm like, well, there's no save states. There's no passwords or continues I kind of just this is definitely one of those I need to leave my NES on overnight kind of games and that is a very special category in my opinion you know games that you just have to leave the NES on all night and pray there's no bad weather oh I I, right I had a few of those it wasn't always the NES but I did have a few games where I'd leave them on over and come home after school the next day and play them some more I, I I actually only beat this game legitimately for the first time in the last two weeks. Uh, I'd always beaten it with the Game Genie or just hadn't. Yeah, there was a lot of games like that. Yeah. There was a lot of games like that much elder, I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely the NES game has a lot of interesting aspects to it. It's got the items that you go around and collect. It's got world exploration backtracking but not so much that it feels frustrating they definitely introduced a lot of mechanics to it that you probably would not be able to get away with in an arcade game but at the same time i think this is part of what makes it more uh, superior for me is that they they put so much into it like you said it felt like a passion project because there's so many more elements the arcade you kind of just go forward go right hold right you know attack you have a couple different attacks, different pickups. They added a lot of the same pickups. They had. I felt they expanded on everything, but at the same time, they felt like they were really honoring the source material. Oh, definitely. They they definitely stayed true to what the source material was, visually, and in the feel, despite improving upon it. Exactly. It was brutally difficult. Like, I tried it recently, and it was generous with the amount of lives you got, but even still, a single quarter didn't get you very far. Yeah, I think it was kind of the idea of, like, they came out with this game as almost not a a snub or something like that, but to the the arcade people saying, oh, did you mean to do this? Maybe is this the game you should have made? To be fair, well, I was going to say that this wouldn't have been a great quarter eater in the day, but maybe it would have. Yeah, and I had, like... Just to just to refresh my memory on it, I watched a playthrough of the arcade game and didn't realize that I was watching a completely hitless run, so, and it was a speed run. So uh, <laughs> it was it was impressive to see, and I said, "This looks easy." And then I realized this guy's not getting hit, so he knows what he's doing. Well, I found it interesting that the up attack in the arcade game, it's very dependent on the the hitbox is just the shield itself. And his up attack, he spins the shield around on the chain around him in 360 or something like that. 
but enemies can bypass that and still hit you, and it's one hit, one kill in the arcade. It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah, if you if you hit them with the chain and not the disc armor, they, they get right through. Yeah, you, not a problem. You did. I remember that from the Lynx version. Is that like that in the Nintendo version as well? You know what? It it can be because you it's possible to occasionally throw out the shield, and as it comes back, it hits something, and then it pulls them toward you, and then you get hurt again. People think Battletoads is hard. They got nothing on Rygar. Now, also, to Rygar's credit, though, this was kind of a, a genre-bending thing because they ended up incorporating more RPG-esque types like permanent power-ups and, and level-ups that, you know, did not go away, um, which I thought was very, very cool. It was not something I knew about when I went in for my blind run of Rygar, um, you know, a month or two ago. So kind of learning that aspect and trying to keep your eye out for a place that would be ideal for grinding and things like that I think added kind of another layer of gameness I don't know is that a word but uh, you know if you've got a if you've got a brain for RPGs then that's something that when it you know when you see a game like this you automatically kind of incorporate that and I, I it was it did not go unnoticed I guess is how I should say it yeah, we should definitely specify that this is very much an action RPG where the RPG elements are kind of hidden under the surface. There's nothing directly telling you how strong you are, but there is a health bar that gradually grows throughout the game. So it tells you how much health you have. It just doesn't tell you how much damage you do. It's just over time you start noticing things dying with fewer hits. Yeah, that's a sense of progression that... Uh... I don't think you'd see in an arcade game either because you'd probably be, you know, want, wanting the customer to keep eating the quarters or feeding the quarters in the machine. Oh, yeah. You lose everything on death every time. It's it's absolutely terrible. I know on the remake on the PS2 or the, the reimagining anyway, there's multiple disc armors that you can equip. Did the NES version have that? No, it did not. The, the NES version, yeah. Um, it looks like... I'm looking through the NES manual right now. Maybe it did take place in the future because there are two enemies. <laughs> there are two enemies in the NES manual. One is Super Robot Bargan. And one is called the uh let me let me make sure I'm seeing this right. The Demon Bruiser. <laughs> which has a heavily equipped tank. The Demon Bruiser. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in ancient Greece, tanks were totally a thing. And robots? I've, I've never visited ancient Greece, though. I don't know. So, it's a lizard guy riding on a tank. So, <laughs> so okay, let's, let's, let's step forward into the PS2 era a little bit. In two th- I, I recently learned a lot of people... Didn't even know about this game. It sort of flew under the radar, I guess. And when I found out about it back before it released, I was super excited. I got this game on release day just because how much I enjoyed the NES game. So uh, we're talking, well, maybe not release day because it came out on Thanksgiving in North America. Well, <laughs> U.S. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Um. So... <laughs> Got to pander the two Canadians on the cast. <laughs> I have to. I have to clarify. <laughs> so 
I, I know I had it pretty quick. I definitely had it before it came out in Japan, which is another weird thing to happen for a PlayStation 2 era game, is the game came out in North America almost two weeks before it released in Japan. Not common, it happens, but more rarely than you'd expect, especially from a Japanese developer. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's not American-made or European game. It's a Japanese-made game. That is interesting. Um, so the PS2 game, it's it was a lot of fun. I remember playing through a good amount of it, and I have a history of, during the PS2 era, playing through 30 to 90% of a game and leaving it unfinished. This was one of those games I never finished until just recently. And... To its credit, it was a lot of fun. It plays much like God of War, but slower. And probably with a bit more emphasis on exploration. I can't speak to that 100% because I didn't play God of War. Tisk tisk on me, I know. Um, Actually, to be fair, I so didn't play it either. <laughs> it's... Anybody who was listening is now not listening anymore. They're like, this guy, does, this guy doesn't know any video games at all. <laughs> When it when it when, when Rygar released, it released to reviews of about middle eighty percent, so between eighty and eighty five. That's pretty decent reviews. So when the when the PS two Rygar released, it was it received scores of like eighty to eighty five percent out of a hundred, which is not bad, especially for uh, an uh, an IP that had been dead for essentially what. 15 years i uh, i mean there were there were ports that came out up through about 1990 of the arcade game but the nes game which was really the last update to the franchise was 87 i believe 88 not exactly sure which year but uh yeah it, it'd been dead for almost 15 years and they brought it back and this time they definitely set it in the era of ancient Greece. So what you're saying is they brought it back from the dead, just like Rygar himself. Yes, a long-dead franchise with a long-dead hero. But so, no lizard tanks. <laughs> or rather, the right. PlayStation 2 release of Rygar. The hero is named Rygar. And for whatever reason, the plot points of the story are often unveiled at points when they should hit hard but the unveiling is followed immediately by the thing that should hit hard so it doesn't hit that hard you find out that Rygar has had amnesia at the moment that you find out who Rygar actually is and so you you're kind of left like well that was that would have hit hard had I known from the beginning of the, the game that he has amnesia but they didn't tell me that until two hours into the game right when they told me that he's so how does the game start? It starts... Okay, so there's an opening movie to the game that sort of gives you an idea of what happened but doesn't actually explain it. And then... So, like, he's not thunked on the head or something like that? There's no reason to assume he has amnesia? That's a big plot point to not have clear. No, and even when you start up the game, it's got a story going on where he's just won a tournament... And he's about to get his reward from the, the princess or the queen. And once he as as soon as that's going on, the 
the city-state is attacked by titans, and most of it is destroyed. Rygar fends off the uh, a big titan uh, monstrosity, I guess you'd call it. And then once he does that, he falls into a pit into Hades, finds the disc armor, and then he escapes Hades, and the journey begins. There's no mention of him forgetting who he was. Uh, I think even in the opening movie, they refer to him as Rygar before all the uh, Titans attack. That's just bizarre. That seems like a, a very missed plot point. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible that the plot points were buried in the tablets and letters and scrolls that you find throughout the game. I found about half of them before I stopped reading them. <laughs> they were kind of long and drawn out and confusing. Yeah, because watching you play quite a bit, there is a lot of written down text and lore. And for some games, that could be fantastic. But for Rygar, it didn't look like it was that, that interesting. No, it was it was all rather dull. It, probably the plot points that were hidden within each piece of text that you found could have been boiled down to a sentence or two when it was probably two or three paragraphs each. So I I was quickly over reading through those and just wanted to play through the game. And once I did that, I enjoyed the game more, but the story kind of lost me. Well, and forgive me if I am misremembering this, but... At the end, is it okay to... Are we doing spoiler alerts? I don't know, for, for a game, but... When you beat the PS2 Rygar, it also had to do with Rygar's mother, correct? Who was already dead. Yes, so... The Disc Armors are a different beast in this than they were in the old ones. The Disc Armors, there were three of them. There was the Hades Disc Armor, the Heavenly Disc Armor, and the Sea Disc Armor, which was found in the Poseidonia Shrine. Um, so they each had they they wielded differently they had different effects uh, in the case of one battle you actually have to swap between them to be able to do damage which by the way was not all that noticeable that you had to do that well how you change disc armor is through the menu right it's not, there's no hotkey or something right oh there is L2 and R2 oh, hot swap okay. right between them right. not a problem Um, but there's definitely a degree of weighted story on the disc armors. So the disc armors were used in the past before the Rygar PS2 game, which already takes place in about 300 BC. 2, 300 BC, something like that. It's, it's after the time of Alexander the Great and Cleopatra and Julius Caesar, but it's still ancient Greece. Um, so... One of them is wielded by Alexander the Great, one of them is wielded by Aristotle, and one of them is wielded by Argo, because one of them has to be wielded by a made-up character. Alexander, after they succeed in their thing, the gods gift Alexander a great kingdom. Uh, they gift Aristotle immortality so he can pursue his uh, intellectual pursuits even further. And then Argo is tasked with protecting the disc armors from the rest of rest of humanity because they're too powerful and too tempting for anybody else to protect or have so i was gonna say aristotle is a philosopher right yes so nothing says great thinker like a bladed shield with which to savage your enemies <laughs> yeah well he had the he had the heavenly disc armor and what one does not always start off as a great thinker sometimes you have to start off as an ass kicker 
first you kick ass, yeah, right. then you discuss it. What did, what did, what did we learn here? <laughs> Don't fuck with this garbage. Exactly. <laughs> Ask questions later. So the PS2 version, it's, <laughs> it's iffy at best. The music, while beautiful, is not long, not memorable. There were so many chances for them to make use of the NES tracks, which were all memorable. Well, almost all anyway. And they only incorporated one of them into a secret dungeon. And then it's pretty much the only song you hear for 30 floors. Okay, so you have, what, a 15-year gap between the last port of the arcade game, essentially. Or version, I should say. Um... The last port of the game and PS2 were eight years apart. Okay, so that's still a sizable gap, especially for video games. Um, so this is already what I call a dead franchise. And how does the latest version, the PS2 version, how did that compare to, say, I, w- I want to compare it to the original, so we'll go to the arcade. How did that feel playing this PS2 version versus the arcade? The PS2 version's action felt actually quite a bit like the arcade game. Uh, not as a little monotonous, but it could be fun if you were, if you made yourself prone to enjoy the game, because the game is not fast and there's not a whole lot of variation in the gameplay. It's you're wielding your disc armor. You've got a few combos with each one that vary. Uh, the further you get into the game. The more you, the more combos you unlock, and they each get more fun in their own way, but still, the combat is very samey. It's it's really the the exploration mixed with the combat that makes the PS2 game enjoyable, and probably more so than the arcade game. I would say, not quite as much as some of those combos were nice, though. I mean, like some of the finisher moves you were doing were looking really awesome. Oh yeah, there was there was one combo that. I, I could not replicate on purpose. And it was amazing every time I did it by accident. And then when I would try to replicate it, I couldn't, so I'd give up on it. Don't know what I was doing. Oh, God, memories of my last relationship. <laughs> but the PS2 version definitely had nods to its roots. There were... When exploring, you'd sometimes have to pick up this big dragon pot statue thing. And Rygar would turn it about 90 degrees, and for whatever reason, that would unlock a door. And that was a nod to the arcade games. At the end of the stage, Rygar would walk up to one of these pots, pick it up, spin around it, put it back down, and take a rest in the little cave at the end of the stage before moving on to the next. And that that was probably one of my favorite parts of the the music was, was actually whenever you get that little intermission between levels. So... This is back in the days with, you know, high scores. So you get all your score boosts in this little room. And the fanfare, the song that would kick in, it almost felt like it was supposed to be longer and they cut it short every time because (laughs) you just run on to the next level. I'd agree with that. But that was probably, yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of the arcade game was that little music that would play in between the levels. When you pick (laughs) pick up a jar... Put it down behind you, and then do the opposite on the or do the same thing on the opposite end of the. Well, and let me ask you this, Werewolf, because I haven't played the PS2. I just watched you, which was insanely fun. But how did you feel the uh, 
character attribute scaling was for the PS2 version versus the NES. And what I mean by that is, and we kind of touched on this very briefly earlier, with the NES, you get that sense of progression for your strength because of how quickly you can kill an enemy, like how few hits it takes. Other than that, if you look at your character stats, you just see a couple of numbers that really don't have any meaning. But by the time, like if you grind for even just 20 minutes uh, on the NES one, by the time you get to a certain point, your character becomes suddenly and embarrassingly overpowered or OP'd. Did you feel like there was any part of that in Rygar for the PS2, where you just turned a corner and went from, you know, chump to, you know, champ? Absolutely not. <laughs> You just psyched me the hell out. <laughs> it it actually seemed like a game that's very easy to become underpowered by the end of the game. You actually have to explore, kill everything, break everything to find all the defense power-ups, all the attack power-ups, uh, to power up the strength of your disc armors, find gems that slot into the disc armors that power you up further in different ways. There's there's a lot to it that accomplishes not a whole lot more than the NES game, unfortunately. It was more descriptive of the RPG elements, though, in the PS2 version. Didn't it give you stats or no? Stats or no? Yeah, you got solid stats. I think when you start the game, your attack is one. Your defense is one. Uh, by the time I finished the game, my attack was 60. My defense was 40. I didn't feel all that much stronger than at the beginning of the game, but the early monsters were dying in one hit rather than ten, so at least there's that. <laughs> there was a hint to it. To just kind of compare arbitrary numbers, I don't know what your starting stats are with the NES Rygar. I don't believe they're over 100, but by the time, like I said, even if you just grind for a little bit, by the time you're three-quarters of the way through the game, you're over 4,000. And it just, like I said, at that point, you've you've completely overscaled uh, where you should have. And I, I don't know if that was a, a purposeful thing that they did for the NES or not, but I wasn't sure if they had done anything like that for the PS2. So thanks for, for answering. For the NES game, the I think the tone is the number you're talking about, capped out at 4095, 4095. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Um, actually, in Europe, there was a glitch in the game that goofed it up and made it to where the tone capped out at I want to say 1023. So you're you were cut off significantly early from your level cap. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. that made the tail end of the game much harder than what we know. Oh, can you imagine if that was in a Final Fantasy? Sorry, Paul, I don't want to talk over you, but if if there was a a glitch where you couldn't get over like level 28 or 30. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, but I was just about to say the uh, the European version, because of that, has been considered, like, hard mode. Yeah. Okay. And it's already sense. a hard game, so there you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> Impossible mode. Uh, and it's, it's something I find interesting, because, like, I've heard, you know, easy type and hard type when I was a kid and never really knew the difference. Like, I just, it, like, oh, like there's an options menu where you can change it to hard. But, uh, you know, just to throw it in like apples to oranges here i kind of think of final fantasy 4 slash 2 in the u.s or north america you know the north american one was often considered the easy type you know uh they cut out everything they tried to make it appeal more to 
the North American uh, market. And it seemed like the European version of Rygar kind of said, uh, we're going to turn you, turn the tables on you a little bit. Well, that wasn't even by design. It was a computer glitch that caused it. Oh, okay. Well, even more. So. <laughs> it was, it accidentally shipped broken. So well, there you go. And c- considering how much earlier Rygar came out than the uh, Final Fantasy four or Final Fantasy two, it's like they, they overcompensated. Like, well, let's make sure Rygar doesn't happen again. Let's just make Final <laughs> Fantasy two super easy. Let's dial it down to four. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those games that everybody has probably played. Many have forgotten, but I think if you look at it and you say, have you played this? You probably say no, no. And then you see some of the gameplay and all of a sudden it starts coming back to you really slowly. Like this looks familiar. And all of a sudden, I remember this game. That's fair. I mean, like we said, I thought it was Dash Galaxy. You thought it was Karnov. (laughs) Like that's, that's (laughs) the memory I had of the game until I actually sat down and played it again. It's the fact that it's considered a franchise. I thought it was dead on Nintendo. I didn't even know there was a PS2 game. And later we remake like that just blows my mind. Well, but let's let's draw some parallels here. This is something I wanted to make sure to say. And I think Werewolf kind of started to say this before, but I want to take it to like fruition. The the character of Rygar is in real life the franchise of Rygar, like this dead hero brought back to kind of like save the day and in a way change a paradigm. Because again, the par- the parallels here. The NES was Metroidvania before Metroid came out, okay? So then PS2, again, dead for 15 years, they bring their hero back, and it was God of War before God of War came out. So if you want to see where the future of video games go, just watch out for the next Rygar. (laughs) Because whatever they do, the game will, will be forgettable, but that's what everybody's going to do afterward. Well, time's almost up. They got to get to getting a new one out there eventually. That's true. Yeah. It's been well, like everything else. It'll be on the Switch. <laughs> they, they've got about two more years before we hit that fifteen-year mark from the Wii version. Yeah. Well, I I just I want to go travel back in time to future ancient Greece. And <laughs> <laughs> fight Bargan. So, yeah, which yeah, you, you you become a Bargan hunter. Which sounds interesting. <laughs> and you're hired by Aristotle in his flying robot tank. <laughs> I, I have a theory as to why the Wii version of the game. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Wii version of the game. For whatever reason, they decided Rygar needed to be, uh, I like to call it, animate up. Because it was the early 2000s. Everything was, make them look like Sephiroth. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did with Rygar. They gave him long gray hair. They they gave him a different style of armor that was less ancient Greek, more anime badass. And then they said, let's put it on the Wii and give it waggle controls for some of the things. Yeah, it definitely has this feel of... Um, it's it's kind of timeless in the fact that it didn't exist, <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> the, for the, the design. But uh, it definitely, like I say, um, you're explaining the the anime side of it but it also has like this kind of tribal feel which is really really heavy in that era i mean 2002 that's that's, true that's, that's that's the thing where everybody had the tribal arm tribal armbands and you know like people wanted the things to look you know big chunky with like really sharp curves really kind of like thorns 
And so this was just like a product of its time so much more than the rest of them. Oh, very much. But the the PS2 version, as we said, it released to scores in the 80s, and then the Wii version got scores in the 50s. And I have a theory about that is, for one, it was a game designed without motion controls that they stuck motion controls into. So that's one demerit. And then Rygar was God of War three years before God of War came out. Rygar for Wii came out a year after God of War had already been a success. Right. So the pacing of the game, it it just it didn't make sense after God of War. So if you know, if you played this going back, you're gonna be like, this is a God of War clone. That's that's what I thought immediately when I saw you playing the PS two version. And uh you told me like, you know, God of War came out afterwards and that kinda of blew my mind because this you know, you have ancient Greece, you have this dude that's obviously OP. <laughs> and uh, he's swinging around this, uh, I want to say, not quite projectile. You know, it's almost like a whip. You know, you can you can hit enemies from, you know, 20 feet away. You know, you connect with 40 different people at once. It, it's like the original Button Masher is what I think of. You know, I feel like uh, God of War probably was the first one to harness it and make everyone say, this is what you can do, this is really cool. But I feel like Rygar was the precursor to it, and they just basically took the premise and polished it. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The... Oh, you could... I'm just thinking that you could uh, you could easily call this, like, the godfather of uh, butt mashes for the more, the more uh, modern consoles for 3D fighting. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Rygar sits somewhere between Devil May Cry and God of War, but slower. It it took a little too much time to let you stop and smell the roses, basically. And sometimes you can, you know, slowing it down is a good thing, but in this case, it really sounds like it was more suffering <laughs> than uh, and padding than than actually enjoying it and pacing the story properly. Yeah, and I'm 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 by no means saying it's a bad game. I enjoyed playing it. I'm glad I pay, played it. I don't regret buying it back when it came out. But I've played through it and beaten it once now. I probably will never touch it again. And I probably will go back and play NES Rygar numerous times for the rest of my life. Interesting. And I'll I'll say this, I I loved 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 watching Werewolf play the ps2 rygar but it does to me kind of smack of a game that i would rather watch as opposed to play myself the ps2 rygar also made uh i think what was another attempt at referencing the nes versions rygar and ligar as the hero and villain because in japan they're pronounced exactly the same rygar Mm -hmm. and rygar so, Rygar, in the PS2 version, is not his real name. His name is Caesarian. He's the son of Caesar and Cleopatra. Rygar is the hero, but also his soul is what the villain Cronus needs to come back to uh, our reality. So, he is once again the hero. Rygar is once again the hero and the villain in the game. 
I think that was a nod to that. I could be way off base and just talking out of my ass, but that's how I saw it. Also, for some weird reason, apparently he's pronounced Riger, and I'm not okay with Riger. this. They pronounced it Riger. That's not right. That, <laughs> that that's like right. really hurting my childhood right now. Like, <laughs> no, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cartridge right now. It clearly says Karnov. <laughs> See, I feel I feel redeemed right now. Thank you. He's Russian after all. That's true. He's <laughs> Russian, yeah. Um, so aside from whatever version we're talking about, whatever port, whatever um, sequel, reboot, what are some of the things that you've found that really tie these things? What makes it a Rygar game to you, or a Rygar game to you? <laughs> because one thing for me, no matter what game... I noticed, like, of, of all, well, NES and this one, like, NES, sorry, the arcade and um, PS2, one thing that really made me feel like it's like, well, okay, you have the disc armor, you're running around throwing your shield at people, and that, that was obviously something you can't take out of there, but one thing, the enemies kind of really varied amongst versions, but some of them were very much staples and for strange reasons like the the red worm in the nes version is probably one of the first things you see in the rygar game on nes and you see it in the arcade and it's barely there but after that i found like that that is one of the most iconic enemies in the game in the franchise to me at this point now oh yeah you fight so many of those worms in the ps2 game it's ridiculous yeah and so like again there's more nods to the older ones i'm just curious how much between like how much all the games have in common with each other because i can't go through six different versions of the same game here i, I just go nuts oh I'm gonna no lie. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pick and choose i'm i'm that kind of guy and i'm okay with that <laughs> but uh, i mean so i kind of compare everything to the, the arcade because this is the originator the OG, and then the NES. The NES version is what I consider the best because, it, like you said, it improved upon everything. Yeah, for our purposes today, I think we're mostly comparing the 1986 arcade game, the the NES game, and the PlayStation 2 release. That's right. pretty much it. I would say that the NES game vastly superior to the arcade game. It. It had a few nods to the arcade game in imagination as far as how the backgrounds looked and keeping that alive and making the character feel like the character from the arcade game, despite being wildly different gameplay. Right. The PS2 game, it made attempts to improve on what the NES game was, and in some ways it succeeded, but not well enough for the other ways that it failed. And... That is unfortunate because the PS2, coming back to a franchise 15 years later, there was a lot of room for them to really hit it home and do great work. I was going to say something to note is apparently when they started production on the Rygar PS2 game, they made that opening movie. Production started on that opening movie that's just sort of a visual demo that they could could have displayed at E3 or something before they ever started work on the actual game. Well, and apparently there was a lot of research that went into the PS2 Riger. Uh, like, they had teams travel out and scout locations and stuff like that to get a general feel for what they thought ancient Greece would look like. 
I, it sounds like the development process for the game, uh, while out of order, was handled with care. And I, you can kind of see that in the game. And the nods it makes to the NES scenery is amazing. Like when you climb that tower in the NES game and you can see the floating island off in the distance. That's one of those things you remember. There's, there's a whole segment in the PS2 game where you're platforming from floating island to floating island to floating rock to floating island. And you can see that floating lion statue palace off in the distance the whole time. For better or worse, because a lot of times the camera angle they gave you to make it look pretty was hard to play. See, like in the NES game, one of the most iconic visuals for me is when you enter the caves and there's those those sages. We call, jokingly call it the cave grandpa. I, that's the thing that sticks out the most <laughs> to me about that, besides the shield armor, or the disc armor rather, is the cave grandpa giving you the advice and whatnot. But that's not in the PS2 one, is it? No, there were no cave grandpas, sadly. See, I, I I thought of them more as, like, future Obobos. Because they're jacked. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're totally buff. Living that cave life. So, I, I, would, I would venture to say that the best music in the NES game was probably the Caverns of Sagala. And that's not even the song they used when they used one of the NES songs in the PS2 game. They instead used what I I believe it was the overworld map music. Recognizable, but the loop is short, and that can grate after a while. Right. So, unfortunately, I would say that uh, you're probably best off not playing the PS2 version. You, you got to go with the NES game. Yeah, I think if you're only going to have one Riger experience, absolutely. But I think if... If somebody said, should I pick up PS2 Riger and play it? I mean, like I said, as somebody who, who was just a spectator, I enjoyed it. So, Hey, if you, if you absolutely have just a deep love for the Rygar franchise, if it's one of your favorite NES games of all time, and you're, you're willing to give another entry a shot, absolutely go for the PS2 game. Uh, Plus, otherwise... yes, I prefer the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah, Jake, take it away, Jake. I have to disagree. I think the PS2 one is the one to play, to be honest with you. Like, I, I like the Nintendo one, but I said I rented it as a kid and I didn't quite enjoy it. It's something I look at now and I could probably appreciate it now better. But that PS2 game, the fact that it predates God of War and by what, a year or two? And I mean, it plays fairly solidly and it set a trend of third person view kind of action fighting games. And like, I mean, the fact that the Wii version did badly because people compared it to God of War is hilarious when it's the one that originated almost that genre, I think, early on. And watching footage of that game, the different equipment, the boss monsters, I think it's a great game. I'd rather play the PS2 version, to be honest with you. Plus, the PS2 version has more pizza. This is true. You're not wrong. The pizza armors. The secret. There's also, the to go. There's also guitarmers. He can wield quite the guitar. Okay, so so now you're telling me that Devil May Cry three ripped off of Rygar too. <laughs> Trendsetter. Well, that's that's the thing, man. There's people who tell the joke, and then there's people who tell the joke louder. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and you know, talk about missed opportunities to reference previous entries. 
why did they not give you, uh, like, New Game Plus with sunglasses? Oh, yeah, there was a New Game Plus, but there weren't sunglasses. I think it would have tracked. I think it would have landed. That I, I, You know what? That is something worth mentioning. The game does have a New Game Plus where you can play through on a harder mode and keep all your upgrades from before and find more. Uh, there's there's also another mode called One World Mode, which I don't know what that means. So there's there's a lot to uh, unlock in the PS2 Rygar for replay value. Do you start with all the equipment in the beginning or no? Uh, yeah, I believe you start off with everything you have unlocked at the beginning, and then you hmm. find even more as you explore the second time. Now, I wanted to also ask, because I find this is a very important, like subject when it comes to games uh and werewolf you can talk about it for the ps2 but what has everybody thought of the controls for the nes because i really liked Riger, the way that it controlled i thought the uh the controls were very responsive it wasn't like star tropics or you know other games where the controls are like really what kill you often it's very responsive and considering how early of a game Riger was i thought it was a great uh well um, well-made game in that aspect. First off, I want to address that I will never legitimately refer to it as Riger. It's Riger. <laughs> you got to get with the times, man. I, I, I just, I just want to point that out. Oh, well, let me. Okay, do you do you say Uranus or Uranus? You know it doesn't you matter. You know what? Rygar. I think I usually say Uranus. <laughs> yeah. Even though I know better, it's yeah. it's what I was taught as a kid. I respect you. I respect that. I was just going to say, so is there anything we want to cover before like we wrap it up? Because I think we're kind of just beating the PS2 version now. Well, I, well, I was legitimately asking about the controls because I did like how responsive the controls in the NES were. The controls in the PS2 game were super tight. The camera was the issue in that game. And to be fair, the camera was an issue in a lot of 3D games in that era. Exactly. Right, yeah. And even later, like as late as uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow and... I mean, that's going to get harped on a lot, but that was its biggest, like, outside of being, you know, a Castlevania game that people don't want to consider a Castlevania game, that was the biggest problem. The controls were good. The cameras were what really messed with you. Cause, and I, I do feel like that will be a subject that will get covered quite a bit as we go on with other episodes is uh, control types and whether or not things were sluggish or reactive or, you know, things like that. So I want to make sure to bring that up because I did like that with with Rhaegar. Between the three versions, I can I think I can safely say that the controls were always tight. And I think I think that's something that's just a staple of the franchise is it, disc armor, buff guy, good controls. And amazing um march. I know it sounds stupid, but there are certain games where a character is animated so fluidly that it's an identifiable walk or run or march batman for the nes uh mega man x you know through all three of the x games he has a very identifiable like march about him and same thing with the original rygar and they got that across all of the ports of the og systems this is true yeah they definitely had the animation down fairly he had a lot more fluid motion when he's running compared to everything else um 
it, it wasn't necessarily the smoothest, like when he does a circular attack that goes 360 all the way around him. It wasn't really animated the best, but th- the fact that you're running around as much as you are in that one is really fluid, and that's one of the things that actually drew my eye a lot. And in an early Nintendo game as well, right, where frames of animation could have been very scarce, it's well animated. Yeah. Exactly. And what what year did we say the NES one came out? Was that 87? I believe it was 87. So I think we have thoroughly covered the Riger series. I think so. I don't think there's too much more we can say about it. So uh, I would just say for me, NES version is probably the one I would have stopped at, but the PS2 one is still good. Yeah, for me, I would definitely suggest anybody who's never played it before to go into the NES version. Um, of course, if you have a chance to try the old arcade, throw a few coins in there, give it a go. Just to say you did, I definitely would. But uh, I can't say anything for the PS2, so I'm going to go with NES. Yeah, I, I agree. I would say the NES is the uh, pinnacle achievement for the series. However, if you've never played God of War... Pick up the PS2 version and give it a shot. Yeah, and I think that's where I stand on it. The PS2 is that more closer to modern history, really opening up a genre of games. I mean, the NES, we said before, was the first Metroidvania game, I guess, which is great. Just the first one on the NES. On the NES, right. So when it comes down to the PS2 version, I think that third-person action, pseudo-RPG action game elements were fantastic. And as we mentioned, God of War just kind of ran with that. I think the PS2 wants the one to play. There we go. So uh, I think that about wraps up our first episode. Once again, I am Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. You can find me on Twitch or Twitter at that handle. I'm uh, Polish109. That's P-A-L-S-H-109. You can find me at Twitch. This is Guy Prime with the retrotherapy. I'm not going to spell it out. (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, the retro therapy, uh, yeah, on Twitch or Instagram or Twitter. And I'm Sick Jake, no K and Sick, but K and Jake, and I'm on Twitch and Twitter. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Uh, we hope to have you back again with our next episode. This has been Press B to Cancel. Please keep pressing A. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that, but anyways. <laughs> special thanks for music go to arthur the ancient found on soundcloud or the last ancient on youtube for more episodes please visit our website pressbdcancel.com as well feel free to like or subscribe at apple itunes google podcasts or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows as always thank you this has been press b to cancel